From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. Catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brian. What's up? (laughs) This is the best beer show on the internet. Indeed. All right. (laughs) You know, we're going to figure out this whole catchphrase oh, thing it's eventually. Gonna be... Actually, maybe your catchphrase is just fucking catchphrase. Be, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I like it. It has to happen organically. What, what, whatever you're doing, I like it. Oh, oh thank you. Thank uh, you. Hey, uh, I'm I'm going to say this from the from the few things I've heard about the listeners. They're really liking you. So. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard things, and I figured I would tell you that on air to make you feel self-conscious. I, that's even worse now. And, I, and now, Also, now that I know that. Carlos is lording over me somewhere. Well, all right. I don't think Carlos can lord. I don't. <laughs> he'll try. Uh, no, he'll definitely try. Don't like. And he'll come down with an air of smugness. Mm. But you just have to look past that and realize it's Carlos. Smug and godlike. <laughs> well, there was an episode where we learned that Carlos's deep deepest uh, desire is to become a saint. Okay. Yep. He. Uh, <clears throat> he uh, what was the discussion topic that, or was it that just? Uh, no, no. We ended like I learned that, and we changed the discussion topic to how the fuck is Carlos going to become a saint? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to listen to that one. Yeah, it was it was an old episode from a few years ago, but man, that was that was a good one. All right, before we get too deep here, uh, I want to give a shout out to our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Uh, you guys are awesome, and you guys help keep the lights on the studio, literally. Like without you, we would not have lights. So pretty you. nice lights, too, man. yeah. I mean, yeah. They they uh, probably can't see them. They, they allow us to have things like beer cam mm, <laughs> in a world where there was only beer cam. <laughs> All right, Brian, what have you been up to beer related lately? Ooh wee. Um, what have I been up to? Um. Just regular brewery things, uh, I think. Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned um, having to send, uh, or rather our lawyer had to send 38 cease and desist letters over the the name of the Space Force beer. That is kind of awesome. And I showed you a letter yesterday from one that I won't mention just because, but it's a pretty big company. It was a pretty big fuck you, but they they definitely were like, okay, we won't call the beer that anymore because you know, the spirit of the industry is like cooperative brotherhood type of things, but we respectfully disagree. So, and they overnighted a letter, uh, UPS and they had their lawyer draft this letter and do all this research and all this BS. And I mean, we, we pay a lawyer to do that kind of crap. Well, I I was actually going to ask you about that. Um, I wasn't, well, because it's come up organically. Does is Justin able to draft any of that stuff, or do you have to pay another? Yes, but uh, what Justin? What does Justin always say? So Justin was a family law lawyer. He was oh, like, okay. I don't All know right. how to do that type of law. I know how to do family law. All right, I, I couldn't remember what type of lawyer Justin was. Yeah, so. he was family law, and then he was uh, ethics. Uh, so he well, he still sits on the ethics, some sort of ethics committee where. Uh, he, is that like the bar association type deal? Or? Uh, you'd have to ask him more specifics, okay. but I know that if lawyers do bad shit or screw up in some way that he's part of the people that decide Man. to disbar them. I just thought of a great episode 
for DOO where what? we have Justin on and we just like bring up ethical conundrums and have him mediate them. Yeah, dude, he would, <laughs> dude, that'd be hilarious. He, you, you got to get him on DOO again. He's, uh, yeah. he's a funny mother, mother B. I was, I'm trying. I'm trying to tone my swearing. Yeah, down. no, I, I completely understand. No, I, I think I think we filtered out most of our anti-swearing crowd uh, when Rick when Rick took over Miles' spot. So. Uh, all right. <laughs> there was there was some definitely definite hate mail over that. He's wearing he wears a shirt that just says the f word across, across it. <laughs> Come on, Rick. Come on, man. What are you doing? You're killing me. Oh man. So yeah. Anyway, the, this really big brewery that they. I, we took a look at it and it's like they, they had the lawyer do all this research. They had him draft the letter. They sent the thing overnight. So they spent like a silly amount of money to just to say F you to us. Like, okay, we'll stop doing what you want us to stop doing, but F you. And literally all the other breweries that did send stuff back, like Fitgers Brewhouse sent one, a post-it note back and said, shouldn't, you know, Mike Pence be sending this C&D? And he was like, this is awesome. This is my first season to this letter. Now I'm a real, a real brewer. And I was like, Oh really? Like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we sent a cheeky note saying, Hey, stop using that. And we received many, many cheeky notes back saying, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, the, like the guys at Fitker seem pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, they seem like some cool dudes and they, they like did a lot of stuff for the Minnesota beer community. Early, yeah. Like early on. Yeah. Like they, weren't they the ones behind like the growler law or whatever in Minnesota? Or something uh, I like think that. Them and I think Surly was okay. another one that was pushing for tap room, or maybe it, it was it was something like I can't remember crawlers or growlers. I don't know. Yeah, I just know that Surly was like what the first one to get to the point where they couldn't sell growlers anymore because mm-hmm. they made so much beer. And that's a, a law in Minnesota. I don't, I'm not sure what it. But there's probably no law in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's <laughs> like, are you do whatever? Are you 12 years old? Do you have a guardian with you? Would you like a beer? <laughs> that is by far one of the, the <laughs> oddest things, though, honestly, is serving minors. Because I, I know there's there's a kid who is in like a, a really good, like prestigious, prestigious brewing program, I think Siebel. And he's gotten a lot of t- chances to kind of like take Charlie Bamforth classes and things like that. And, and he's not 21? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's down at my bar drinking beer all the time with his parents. So. That's awesome. I want to meet this kid. I guess I should say for the listeners, I don't know how many are wisconsin people, but yeah, if you roll into a bar and you're under 21, which is the legal drinking age like nationally uh, in, in the United States, and uh, you can roll in with your parents underage and drink. Yep. Um, it's up to the bar to make that rule mm-hmm. uh if yes or no and then what age and i think ours was or ours is 19 because one of one of my employees is 19 and i wanted her you know i know her dad and i wanted her to try some of the beer so she yep. would wouldn't just be like i don't know what they make so anyway yeah, yeah no it's like wisconsin it's it's very unique that way and the only reason uh our drinking age is 21 is because of that whole like we can't have the highway money if it's not mm-hmm. like because I think the tavern league for sure was really fighting for that eighteen. Yeah, guaranteed they were, but yeah, that f- like federal road funding money yep. is pretty. But yeah, our little fuck you is like, well, if you're a child, come join us. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, so yeah, I guess that kind of rounds it up for beer things. I mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I always the highlight of of any week is when I get to make a malt order. I got to do that last week. Oh, nice. <laughs> Order any fun malts? 
Uh, not usually. Ah. Unless we're doing something weird. No, it's usually it's the same. The same stuff. Yeah. I do like, though, getting the malt analysis certificate and comparing them and then figuring out how to adjust. So Some diet. of that fun nerd shit. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like adjusting the diastatic power, like add a little two-row or whatever. So That's anyway, cool. Yeah. What about you, man? Um, I made it to... There's no audio. What? Oh. Oh, on the video feed? Yeah, I just heard from Carlos. It's actually good that he's listening because I would not have caught that. Shoot. Um, so now that that's in there, I wonder if I have to stop this and start it. Uh, properties. Oh, sorry, guys. If you're, yeah, if you're listening, man, Casey's f- frantically clicking. Click, click, click. Oh, I'm drinking beer. Oh, there we go. That was the sound of me drinking. Did we get it back? Oh, no. I had it, and then it went away. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, Properties. I want this one. Okie doke. Talk. All right, hang on. Let's stop the stream. Stop the stream. Start the... uh, Here, let's just close the program. Open the program. that Carlos is coming down. I feel so... Oh, there we go. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. I feel so bad for people listening. (coughs) Properties. Default. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, shit. Just, uh, you know, the tech problems. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. All right. Well, so podcast people got everything, and luckily we didn't we didn't lose out on anything. Um, well, the video people missed the first part. I think, yeah, I think it's just Carlos right now, so it's not a huge deal. But any uh, any patrons who <laughs> are going to listen to this later or watch this later. All right. Sorry about that, guys. All right, we're back on. That's just uh, you know every once in a while these things happen. Yes, All right, where indeed. was I? I was going to uh, talk about gonna what I was going to do, or what I what I did beer wise, yep. right? Yes, correct. All right, so uh, beer wise, I I went to Red Wing Brewing uh, today. Nice. Have you been? Mm-mm. Um, I haven't. We we we've had them on the show. Really oh, cool. cool guys. Uh, the best <coughs> thing, I, and I hate saying this because their beer is really good, but. The reason I recommend it to everybody is their fucking pizzas are amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> they they make their pizza dough with uh, it's all spent grain. That's awesome. Uh, what's the, isn't there another place that does that too? Probably, but I, I, or maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, then. I don't know. Uh, it's but yeah, so it's all spent grain, and they do like a pizza of the month. Like this this month's pizza, my dad got it. It is a beer cheese pizza. So the sauce is beer cheese. Damn, and it has like salami or uh, no uh, summer sausage and onions, and then like popcorn on it. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it was really okay. good. I'm into that, man. I I just had like a, a sauerkraut pizza. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, which with I want to put sauerkraut on the beer cheese pizza, sausage and sauerkraut. That would taste really good with sauerkraut, yeah. actually. Um, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I went there. Really good beer. They do. Um, they do a lot of like pre-prohibition beers. Okay. Uh, which I like. Uh, like their their big their like flagship is uh, the Remlers. 
um, which is like a pre-prohibition lager. Cool. Um, very malty, uh, flavorful, like really good, kind of on the darker side. Uh, they do a pre-prohibition porter called Peppy's Porter that I absolutely love. I had their coffee stout today. Um, we're going to be having their Scottish Ale on DOO after this. So, yeah, no, I, I I really like that place. Uh, it was my mom's birthday, and she recommended it, and she she hates beer, but she, <laughs> but she loves the pizza. God, like. That's funny. <laughs> I know, my, my family is sort of like, well, whatever, you own a brewery. Oh. My little sister, not a, not a huge beer fan. My older sister doesn't drink. My mom doesn't drink beer. My dad likes every single time we go anywhere. Whoa, what it tastes like Lonely Blonde. It's like the only beer he wants is Fulton Lonely Blonde. But anyway, ramble. Yep. No, it's that's fine. That's what the show kind of is in the first bear here. Um, yeah, so we did. I did that. That was a lot of fun. Went to uh, my mom's uh, surprise birthday party. <laughs> she was super surprised. She actually was? Oh, she was. Oh, okay. She had no idea. Like, my dad was was so worried because he started planning this like two months ago and he's like i i don't know how i'm gonna keep it from her i don't know like you gotta help me i'm like all right so like he had he had somebody else like handle the invitations and he's like all right all we need to do is keep your mom out of the house from this time to this time so i made up some story like her birthday is i like the 22nd mm. and so like she had no idea like, and so i made up some story about how i was gonna be out of town so let me take you to lunch today for your birthday so we went out to lunch and then i had to make some excuse to go to their house or whatever and that was fun. Like, and I need she to was, borrow some crockery. Yeah, well, I made, I, made up, I made up some bullshit excuse about like how I needed my dad to help me fix my bike, like something was wrong with it, and I needed his tools and stuff. So, oh, that's why you had. Okay, now that puts that together, you said something about riding a bike earlier. Well, I ride my bike around town okay. instead of like taking my car because it's, it's, just, un, it's unseasonably cold. Like, no, I'm just kidding. It's fall. I know. It's fall. Like, it's, you're like Ryan, quit being a pussy. Yeah, like it's. <laughs> It's above thirty. As long uh, as there's not fair. snow on the ground, I'll ride my bike. I was when I lived in in uh, uptown in Minneapolis. I was one of those ride my bike during the winter with snow person people. Yeah. So whatever. I get I'm just it. like the only reason I won't do it with <laughs> snow is I, I'm I'm afraid of like hitting ice and falling over. Uh, the, the the struggle's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No. So I did that, and that was there was a lot of people there, and like. It was it was an interesting juxtaposition of people because it was a lot of church people and then like some like non church people and we just kind of sat in the corner and drank <laughs> beer. Well, <laughs> all those church people, I tell you. Well, and then like because like and then it was uh, my mom runs a daycare, so then there was the daycare people, and so there's like a bunch of little kids running around. Oh, mother, and, mother. No, it yeah. was it was interesting. It was fun. She had fun, I think. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yep. So. <clears throat> So yeah, that was uh, that was. Oh, I also uh, played D and D in a brewery. That was fun. Oh man, yeah. Th- we that was. We have a gaming table in the loft above the above the brewery, but um, I was like, dude, it'd, it'd be way more fun to do it in the back of the brewery with like all the equipment looming and just. Yeah, no, it it, it was good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It was like the temperature was right. Nobody was sweating balls or anything. Yeah. Like, and it was it was fun. It was, like, I hope I didn't go too like. Ruly and trying no, 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 to no. like that needed to happen because like Ben even Ben said he was like uh yeah Casey wouldn't have been there we I don't know how this would have gone <laughs> well and I, I it's, it's one of those things I was trying to like not to step on his toes like that was that was he, the biggest thing it was he just was like, like no just tell me just tell me okay, I know so but, but like I, yeah it's it's one of those things where you just you you don't want to like force your DM style onto somebody yeah. else and. You were like at my table, blah blah blah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think Ben picked and choosed and yeah. No, he did. He did good. He did good. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Uh, it's fun to see a new DM. It's fun to play under somebody that I haven't played under before. I suppose. I mean, how often do you do you play under somebody? Do I play? Uh, usually just under Carlos, occasionally Rick. Like, other than that, it's it's a lot of me running the game. And yeah. So I, I yeah, I get a lot of that, and I get to play a lot of different characters, but. I never get to play like my character. I'm always playing an NPC. Well, I had tried to, you remember that I had tried to get like recruit yep. you for this campaign anyway, but you were like, well, I'm pretty booked until October. And I'm like, oh, we want to play like, yep. you know, sooner than that, but it just didn't end up happening. Yeah. So we kind of lucked out. Well, now that I'm not doing the ESC, I have a lot right. more time. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of which, I finished brewing for the Every Style Challenge. <laughs> I, you're still insane for doing that. I, but I'm fucking done that brewing. Is a badass I, all I All I have is bottling left or packaging left to do, um, and I have to age my imperial stout in a bourbon barrel. Yeah. And then I also have to blend some lambics together to make a goose. There you go. Or a goza. Whatever. Or no, no goose. 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 A geese. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just like ask ten brewers. Well, well, it's the goes is the salty one. Goose is the uh, the blended lambic. There you go. All right. Okay. Speaking of homebrew, we have one to try. Holy! We got smokes. it on beer cam. So if you guys have been watching this, we got beer cam sitting there. We have a wee heavy. Uh, so that's why I poured it a little early, so I can warm up just a little bit. Uh, this is style 17C of the every st- or of the BJCP style guidelines. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. That's why I Very cut you nice. off in the past. Shut up, bitch. Uh, this one is about 10% ABV. Um, our OG was 11.05, finishing out uh, just under 10.29. It's like 10.28, 10.29, somewhere in there. Uh-huh. Uh, recipe here... Um, Somebody was asking me for percentages. I can get you percentages. I just don't have them in front of me right now. But uh, we're looking at 17 pounds of two-row. Actually, I wonder if I can just pull up Beersmith here and throw these in, and throw this in here quick. Because people, like, there was there was some, like, give me percentages. Oh, yeah, always percentages. I know. Yeah, I, uh, I can't stress that enough. It was, and I, I completely understand. It was just one of those things where we're like, but we're like. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, while, while scaling up from home brew size to, um, like, I don't know, our size 15 barrel, it's totally nonlinear. But percentages will get you about as close. Mm-hmm. And then you got to tweak. Uh, you got to know your, know your equipment and then tweak from there. Yeah, so file. That's kind of how we roll. But uh, that's interesting. They put this in the um, the strong like strong British ale because this obviously I mean prior to 2018, I'll bet you dollars of donuts this was under Scottish. Oh god, yeah. All right, so um, wait, Beersmith, you're not giving me percentages. Beersmith's a beach. Wonder if I double click on it. Click click. They go into edit edit. Um, usually it gives me percentages on here, doesn't it? Oh, um, I think it might be, let me hear, let me pull mine up. Beep. Boop. Sorry, guys. We're doing some learning on the, uh, on the fly here. (laughs) Um, maybe. Uh, no, well, yeah. Okay. So do you see it on mine? How like right under it in parenthetical here? It says, Uh, what, what view are you in? Uh, this is an iPad. Oh, okay. The app. I don't know. You might have to go into settings to get that to come up. Uh, file, um, view. But yeah, I'm rocking percentages here. All right. I will find that out for next week's episode. 
So you guys are not going to get percentages this time. I apologize. Wah, wah. I know. All right. So uh, for a five-gallon batch, uh, what I did is 17 pounds of uh, crisp. Or no. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, just crisp. Uh, crisp two-row. Like, um, okay. And then I used uh, one and a half pounds of the Simpsons Light. Uh, one pound, or yeah, uh, Simpsons Medium, sorry. Uh, one pound of the Simpsons Light. Uh, 0.25 pounds of the Simpsons Dark, and then 0.25 pounds of the UK Chocolate. Now, the Simpsons Dark, now, this is just a, this it's, is a malt I don't come into contact with. Uh, yeah, so it's basically, uh, it's it's the Simpsons uh, Crystal Malt. Okay. Interesting. But, like, what's the lava bar? What's the um, so it's between, like, the Simpsons Dark is, like, between, like, 1 and 120. Oh, holy crap. Or, or, no, this is the extra dark. Sorry, extra dark. Uh, because the, that's between the 100 and 120. And then the dark is like the in the 80 range. Okay. And the medium is in like the 30 to 60 range. Interesting. And, yeah. Yeah, this, it, it, the, for the list, blah, blah, for the listeners, um, the, the ingredients that we use for like bigger batches, I mean, you, you can get the kind of stuff that Casey's talking about. But I mean, we're talking about like super specific English malt and we don't really make any English. Yeah, yeah, you're not an English style brewery, Sty- so you right. don't deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm always really curious to went to talk to home brewers and find out what sort of wacky stuff they can yeah. get. Dude, I've I've fallen in love with uh with the the UK amber. Sure. That is an amazing malt. It's super fun. But all right, uh and then we uh did uh two and a half ounces of EKG at 60 minutes to get us uh, 29 IBUs. Okay. So that sounds about right. And then we used uh, Edinburgh uh, Scottish Ale East. What's the number labs. on that one? Uh, White Labs WLP 028. Well, 28, is there an equivalent in Y East? Uh, there is. It's, I think it's just the Scottish Ale. Is it like 1117 or something like yeah. that? I'd have to look it up, but yeah, those um, those Scottish strains are just big, fat, lovely yeah. sc- oh, Scottish strains. Well, they, it, it's like Scottish brogue in yeast form. Are <laughs> <laughs> you <a> wee fucker? <laughs> Drink my beer. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. So yours is on right. beer cam there, but you're welcome to grab that. Mm-hmm. And, all right. So overall impression here, we're looking for a rich, malty, dexterous, and usually caramel sweet uh, beer. These beers can give an impression that is suggestive of a dessert. Complex secondary malt and alcohol flavors prevent a one-dimensional quality. Strength and maltiness can vary, but should not be cloying or syrupy. Aroma, deep malty with a strong uh, caramel component. Lightly smoky secondary aromas may be also be present. I disagree. I don't think there should be any smoke in this. No, not at all. And then <clears throat> what do we all, <clears throat> excuse me, what do we always say that peat is, peat smokes? No good. Yeah. So. Yeah, like it's a, it's a wee heavy, it's a Scottish ale, it's not a scotch ale. Right. Um, diacetyl should be low to none. Um, oh, peat smoke is inappropriate. So we just oh, yeah. talked about that. Yep. Uh, low to moderate esters and alcohol are often present in stronger versions. Uh, so uh, hops are very low to none and can be slightly earthy or floral. So, I mean, aroma-wise, what do you think here? What are you picking up? I get a uh, little bit of booze on the nose. A little bit of booze and then, like, deep... Like a like deep malt, yeah, big malt, little caramel, mm-hmm, caramel. almost like a raisin, raisin and uh, like dark fruit. Yep. Okay. 
All right. That's aroma. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty close. I think I feel like that fits style aroma wise. Um, appearance, light copper to dark brown in color, often with deep ruby highlights. Clear usually has a large tan head, which may not persist. Ours did not persist. I poured this again a while ago to let it warm up a little bit. Um, clear usually has, uh, legs may be evident in stronger versions. All right. So if you hold it up to the patented beer light, uh, ruby highlights oh, for yeah, sure. That is ruby. beautiful. Nice ruby hue. It's clear. You got decent clarity out of this too. Yeah. I can almost see your face through it. <laughs> Your beard just blends into the ruby highlights, though. I can't. <laughs> All right. Um, flavor. Richly malty with significant caramel. Uh, hints of roasted malt may be present, sometimes perceived as a faint smoke character, uh, as, may some, as may some nutty character, all of which may last into the finish. Peat smoke is inappropriate. Hop flavors and bitterness are low to medium low, so the malt present should dominate the balance. Diacetyl should be low to none. Low to moderate esters and alcohol are usually present. Esters may suggest plums, raisins, or dried fruit. The palate is usually full and sweet, but the finish may be sweet to medium dry, sometimes with a light roasty grainy note. Yeah, two things here. <clears throat> one one about just the nature of the way that they wrote these guidelines is that I like how in, in a parentheses here it says sometimes perceived as a faint smoke character. This is this is going to lead me to that same diatribe that I think I've probably done before. We, I think we did it last week with the other uh, Scotch Ale. Well, just the one where it's like I don't like every kind of pizza and I perceive things differently and I taste things differently than other people. But I mean, and that's why having this common language is 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 so um, important. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, and then the second thing that I like here is they say esters may suggest plums, raisin, or dried fruit. I will also say that if you smell banana in a beer, that's also an ester. So esters are going to have a more fruity character. They can come from yeast. They can come from the way the malt works in the beer, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, let's taste this biatch. Yeah. Um, I, I, you probably already did. I, I did. I don't want to say anything until you, like, because I usually go first. I want mm-hmm. you to go first on taste on this one or flavor on this one, just because I'm curious what you're picking up. Mm, definitely rich, heavy, caramel, and it, it, dude, it's super raisiny, right? Like it's super raisiny and, and plummy. And I know that crystal malt is, I mean, crystal and caramel malt are there's two different. Yeah, animals. yeah, we're gonna do that in our yeah, yeah, especially. But I, I mean, this and there's like a drying character from the crystal malt that I'm perceiving. Um, a, a little bit nutty, and then there's definitely a grainy note at the very end, like a grainy finish. Yep, super grainy, yep. and I like that a lot. I I really like like uh, there's 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 I think there's three or four stages to this beer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very so much layers. Right, to this right one. up front, you get this, you get this like uh, almost like uh, molassesy sweetness yep. right up front, absolutely. Um, and then it fades. Into uh, like there's there's a little bit of a bitter character there. Yep. Um, like almost like an Englishy like like an English like toffee bitterness, mm-hmm. and then it goes into this like big plum raisin yeah, flavor. Pretty and it's very round, pretty, and almost juicy, like sweet. Yeah, uh, almost like a like a like a pound cake or a plum or mm-hmm. a fruit cake. Yeah. Uh, and then right at the end, you get this like grainy dryness, and you're like, oh. I should probably drink something else because my th- mouth is now dry. Yeah, for ten twenty nine, it drinks dry. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. This is a really good one. Yeah, uh, I, I really like this. <laughs> I, 
I hate it when I do a beer that's really good and then I talk about it because it just sounds like <laughs> it just sounds self-congratulatory. Why don't you pat yourself on the back some more? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which was the hardest part about like doing this 80s style thing is like we would every once in a while we'd hit one of those beers and it's just like, yeah, we're just sucking our own dicks here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Well, right. Yeah, it's very tasty. Okay, uh, mouthfeel, medium full to full body with some versions, but not all having a thick, chewy viscosity. A smooth alcoholic warmth is usually present and is quite welcome since it balances the malty sweetness. Moderate carbonation. This full-bodied. Um, well, maybe medium full. I think we're looking at more like medium. Yeah. Um. There is a slight heaviness to it, but I'd say like Medium. Medium? Strong medium. Uh, man, a uh, little bit of alcoholic warmth, after, especially after a few sips. Mm-hmm. Feeling oh, nice and uh, yeah. loosey-goosey. Uh, a little warming. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's... I really like this recipe. I think I'm, it's solid. I'm with you. Yeah. I guess the only thing I could think of is just make it a little bit a little bit chewier. What would um, you what would you add uh to uh increase the chewiness? God, I might probably chip malt, but I don't know if that's really to style necessarily. What is chip malt? Oh, we can get into that during green, but let's just just a quick like 30 second. Uh it gives it lends like a um it's like a barely dissolved barley malt um and it's boy it's hard to explain. Hang on. It, it's for in German style beers. It it lends like a, a uh, like it protein, like a lot more protein, um, and improves the foam. Um, has a lot more like I don't know what you call like starter enzymes in it in a sense, and helps you know convert conversion of the uh, of the starch. Um, it doesn't add any color to the beer. Um, complies with Reinheitsgebot. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's just like a nutshell, but it, it just add, it would add, I think, I think it would add a little bit, a little bit of body, a little bit more oomph. Okay. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. Somebody brew something and you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's, that's our job. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oop, oops. And by our job, I mean, I think that's my job. You're right, correct. <laughs> so I'm i I'm on a two month brewing hiatus. Oh wow. Okay. I, I just finished 80 weeks in a row. I need, I need a break. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I don't know. A quick a quick Google is it's it's used like carapils or carafoam, but I think it wor- it just works better. Okay. Just harder to find. <clears throat> All right. So it's it's kind of in that like that that like carapils, carafoam yep. family. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one a thumbs up. I think it hits style. Uh I would brew oh, this yeah, again. Definitely. It's I I almost kind of want to throw it in a whiskey barrel just to see what would happen. Yeah, I think I think those those flavors would complement really well. You know, another thing you could do is uh, to kind of give it a longer boil too. Oh yeah, to give oh. it a little bit more concentration, a little bit like a little bit of kettle caramelization. Yeah, get that that Maillard reaction a little bit better. Yeah, and this this is a beer that um, ninety minute on it. Yeah, definitely. And this is a beer that they have in the comment section. That you can do this as a part like a party guile. Yeah, do this and then like a Scottish heavy or a Scottish light. Right, run run the water through the grain again and get a little like a smaller beer. Yep, yeah. So I've done some partigial stuff at the homebrew level, and 
I've had it work like it's like one out of three. Like I can hit the gravities I'm looking for in the second one. Just because I'm so used to like getting the first one. And then, yeah, doing the part of guy on the second. It's always just a little like I'm either under, usually under on where I want to be gravity wise. Hmm. And I was also thinking now more on this whole like adding more body thing. That's a mash temperature thing too. Yep. Yeah, I could. Uh, and then, yeah, because I so I did most of these around like just kind of like that median mash temperature, like one fifty five. Yeah. If you like, if, if I uh, higher body uh, lower temp. Yep. Yeah. You'd say, yeah. So I did like one forty nine. Also, there's a another good acronym: more alcohol, less temp. M A L T malt. Okay. Um, so yeah, and, and then, um, oh boy, what was I going to say now? Yeah. It's, it's protein that contributes to the body and the mouthfeel in beer for sure. But All right. so drop the, drop the temp down. No, hi, higher mash temperature. Oh, higher mash temperature. Yeah. More alcohol, less temp. Yes. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. it thins it out and you get more sugars. Yep. Right. Yeah. So raise the mash temperature. So do like a one sixty one. Or, oh gosh, I don't no, know. No, no, no. Uh, probably 158. 158 is probably 158, the max yeah, you'd want to yeah. ever hit. Um, and then for extract brewers, dextrin powder or like maltodextrin will kind of help aid in that as well. Yes. All right. Caramelized, roasted, and if you added unmalted grain, that would help to high mash temp, low attenuating strain. But don't do all of them. No, no, not at the same time. <laughs> the beer will explode. <laughs> you would end up with a cookie. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, all right, that's uh, ramble, ramble. No, no, that's like that's kind of what what we taste these. We figure we out what we would want to change, and I don't know. I'm liking this one, man. I, that that's all the things I said. I mean, those are things you could do, but I mean, this this is pretty damn it's drinkable. Pretty damn good effort. I got another bottle sitting there that I'm gonna start oh, yeah. pouring some more in. We need to get ready for for DOO, DOO after this. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm very happy with this, and it falls within my wheelhouse. I, I hate to toot my own horn, but I love to toot my horn because I have my podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I like English styles are my wheelhouse. I love brewing English styles. I think I have a knack for them. Like they're they seem to turn out pretty well uh, for me. American styles I suck at. Like I'm terrible at IPAs. I have no idea why, but it is what it is. And that's why we're doing a hop series where I'm going to brew some IPAs. I was going to say I don't know if I even I don't think I've ever even had. I think since it's, since I've been injected into this, it's been all malty. Well, yeah, because I well, yeah, we did a lot of the IPAs early on. Um, and I, I make a pretty good pale ale. I've done an okay, like New England style, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not my favorite. I don't like dry hopping. Like, I don't know. Cause I like to put my beer in the fermenter and then forget about it until I'm Well, yeah. It out. I mean, I was going to, going to say also, I, from back in the day, like I ended up, I ended up just doing buckets cause the carboys became such a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. I just would do. Oh, I so I have buckets. fourteen fermenters back there. That's crazy. Most of them are buckets. I got. I have. Well, I inherited a bunch of glass. I'm using glass for sours, and then I have like the better bottle or the 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 big mouth bubblers. I love. Yeah, those, those are good. Those are. You awesome. can actually get your hand in there. Like I don't. Yeah. I can't. A carboy. You can't get your hand in there, and you can't scrub around. Yeah. And I, this used to drive me nuts. Yep. 
Yeah. And also, like, I've seen enough horror stories of people breaking the glass and having to go to the emergency room. Dude, I've broken two Demijohns in my time. If you guys know what Demijohns are, they're the big, like, what are they? Big wine jugs. Big wine things. And, yeah, I couldn't believe how thin the glass was. was, Because you look at, like, a carboy and it. If you've ever broken one of those, they're a little bit on the thicker side, but these demis are like these big bubble of glass. I've broken two, and I've seen two, or I've seen one also been broken, but right in front of my face. Uh, But anyway, moving on, I will have some more of this. All right. uh, Yeah, so today we're talking about hop classification. So uh, last week we talked about, you know, like the different flowers and stuff like that. Um, this week we're talking about, uh, like how the hell do we decide what hops go where? Like, how do we classify hops? You, you hear people talking about sea hops and noble hops and, uh, bittering hops and aroma hops. Like, what does that actually mean? So I found, like I did, I did some, uh, looking around and I really found there's, there's three basic ways of classification. There's the, there's the classic like basic classification where it's bittering aroma and dual purpose pretty straightforward your bittering hops are your high alphas um and they don't have a whole lot of lupulin um they're just a lot of there's a lot of bitterness your aroma are your high lupulin low alphas and then your dual purpose are kind of in the middle. There's the ones that you're looking for flavor and stuff like that. Um, for the love of hops has a little bit more in depth of a classification. Uh, do you have it turned open to that page? I or? am. Uh, I'm looking at what to, page 137. 137. Do you kind of want to go through these? And- yes. So there is <laughs> the acronym in here is Benopsta. <laughs> Uh, so B, I like this is like Sesame Street. It's like B is for bittering hops. Ah, 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 ah. Um, so yeah, bittering hops uh, primarily because they have the higher level of alpha acids and are more efficient for bittering. So you're gonna get less like plant plant matter jammed up in your in your uh, boil kettle and your piping and that. Um, you you can definitely still utilize bittering hops for aroma. Um, it just sort of depends on what you're looking for. Um, so, and then basically anything with like a high level of essential oils and we went through some stuff about the essential oils and hops and there's a whole slew of them and they all do different things. Um, so moving on from B is for bittering N is for new world. This includes American hops, uh, and the ones from the Southern hemisphere, which, uh, Southern Hemisphere, you know, you plant a rhizome from America and New Zealand and it's something different. It just grow, grows differently. It's a terroir piece. And we did touch on that, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, we've, we've mentioned it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these uh, new varieties are in, in uh, we're talking like American sea hops. Um, then so, by so that, sea hops would be? Hops that start with the letter C. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's literally it. It's like that's Cascade, it. Centennial, Chinook, Chinook. Um, Citra. Um, is is Citra a sea hop or is that a proprietary hop? Uh, proprietary, I think. Okay, but I don't know. It's I would technically sort of lump, personally, I'd lump it in there. Lump it I don't in know the seas. Well, then then you have like so like one of like the blends like Falconer's Flight mm-hmm. or Seven Seas. Like yep. would that be a sea hop or would that be considered? That's a sea hop. Yeah, I don't, that's that, how I would think of it as. I used to it, at Sky. I brewed with a lot of. Uh, uh, Falconer's Flight 
And if I'm not mistaken, FF7C and 7C are a little bit different, or they're made by different people. And I, it's another have to look it up sort of a situation. Um, but in any case, we're talking for New World hops, uh, American hops, and from uh, the Southern Hemisphere, they are usually floral, citrusy, uh, etc., and are really good for IPA. Uh, o is for organic. That is, this variety is available as certified organic hop. I have never ever <laughs> once used organic hops. There's there's a few breweries that will do a uh, certified organic beer. <laughs> And so, in order to get a beer that is certified organic, you have to source certified organic grain and hops, which... Sounds expensive. Very expensive, and it makes a subpar beer, if I'm going by the few examples that I've had, but that might just be the brewery. Yeah, there's a possibility. (laughs) There's always that possibility. (laughs) I, again, I won't say which, but I was I was somewhere in a town where there were like three breweries, and two out of the three of them literally tasted like home like homebrew, and I was very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Homebrew shouldn't like homebrew shouldn't taste like homebrew. No, like. it's pretty easy to make it not taste like homebrew. Um, so let's see. Here we got B N O P. P is for proprietary or patented. This includes trademark varieties, uh, Galaxy, Simcoe, right? Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know, if you're looking to grow hops, like just like plant a couple of rhizomes at home, uh, you can't get all of your favorite varieties because they are owned by corporations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, uh, there is a there is a variety, a really cool variety that you can get called African Queen, and that's one that is literally only available to home brewers because it's owned um, by Budweiser. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And I I had some friends that made a, a homebrew with African Queen, and it is incredible. Um, I, it's such a cool hop variety. And I mean, you know, maybe someday, but I think this, what is it, the two biggest, oldest homebrew <clears throat> shops in Minnesota, are, they're owned by Budweiser. Now and I want to brew uh, a beer with African Queen and call it Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> it's about right. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, he was he starred in the don't African Bogart Queen. Don't Bogart my and, IPA. Don't Bogart my African. Well, I, I mean, I was I was basing it off of his starring role. Right, right. yeah. It was actually a pretty good movie. For oh, was, old, I was going, I was going for old timey deep cut. So old timey. <laughs> uh, so proprietary or patented uh, trademark varieties most often. Uh, uh, hops are developed by a, a private breeding program. Um, so people interested in growing the varieties, they need to acquire a license as opposed to acquiring the actual rhizomes. Uh, and outside of the United States, plant variety rights may apply, including restrictions. So that's proprietary or patented. Um, S is for special. Um, perhaps somebody will coin a better word at or at least provide a specific definition, but uh, flavor is a contender. So these varieties are in fashion, are new and different. Um, they're a subset of what a lot of people call dual-purpose hops. Um, they have enough alpha for bittering, but uh, also have good aroma quality. Um, there's not really a good line between special and almost special. So um, if the demand for... 
you know, uh, demand for Centennial and Chinook has increased almost as quickly as that for Citroen Simcoe, but the former two are classified as New World uh, and the latter as Special. So it's, you know, it's it. What it looks to me like that's up for debate. Yeah. Well, and the and the way that they classify things in this book is each hop can have multiple of these categories. Right. Uh, that's a good good note. Um, and then T for traditional. So. Uh, primarily identifying landrace hops and those uh, that were bred to provide uh, similar aromas. Yeah, so like so. those are like your your EKGs, your uh, Fuggle, your Sazer types, your uh, I don't know, like your your traditional hops, your Holler Tau. Your we'll get more into that too in the next mm-hmm. section here. Yeah, so this next section is uh, what did I call it in the notes here? Um, uh, flavor and aroma classification. So this is where they they looked at the flavor and the aroma of the hops and classified them that way. So uh, the first group is the noble the noble group. Uh, so this group characteri- characterizes the band of Germanic hops from the dry herbaceous, virtually minty aromas of the beautiful Hollertau, uh, Mittelfru. <laughs> and the close varieties through spicy types such as Herzbrucker and Spalt and their variations. These are all usually low to mid alpha content, read specifically for aroma. So some of these are like Hollertau US, Liberty, uh, Vanguard, Pearl falls in here, Mount Hood, uh, Crystal. Um, uh, Tetnanger is one of these like noble hops. Um, what are the traditional noble hops? Do you know off the Oh, um, there's like six or seven, oh, right? Boy, you really got me there. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things where, like, if I smell the noble hop, I could be like, noble hop. But, well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think was is I mean, Saz is one of them, is it not? Is Saz a noble hop? Uh, like Hallertau, Middlefru, Tetnang, Spalt, Saz. Um, uh, is what what I'm kind of picking up okay. here. Yeah, so uh, so this this actually splits noble and uh, saws saws type saws air type hops apart. Yeah, the thing we're looking at. Yep. Yeah the the thing that we the the research that we did um, yielded this site and it splits them and I kind of like the split because there's a distinct there's there's a definitely distinctness with saws between sazer and noble hops. I definitely. Think. Well, and then they make the note to say that they. They vaguely term these uh, hops spicy, um, but if you smell them, it's not not really quite correct. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. So like you, the aroma, it's it's delicate, um, and but but very like pungent at the same time. It's like and spicy. It's not like like a heat spice. It's like a like a floral spice. So like you right. put a bunch of spices in a thing. And so you get like you get like those big aromatics. Yeah, there are so many um, essential oils and hops that just all kind of blend together. That yeah, yeah and so like things in the saws category obviously includes saws, mm-hmm. um, but you also have things like Sterling and Shinsu Waze, dude. Which I've, I've never used. Literally, only ever heard of three of them on this list: Saz, Lubin, or Lubelski. I'm not familiar with. That uh, ultra sterling Rawaka Shinsuwaze. 
I'm sh- I'm guessing Shinsuwase is used in Japan. <laughs> well, there, if I had to guess, very definitely one from Japan is that like what the rare dwarf variety. Um, oh God, what is it called? It has a really funny name. Is it called Gimli? <laughs> <laughs> nope it'll it'll uh, it'll come to me. All right. Um, anyway, moving on. All right. Uh, so then we go from we go from the the Saz types hops to the Britannic. So traditional English hop aromas are challenging to describe, but are usually considered to be green, tangy, and slightly grassy, uh, perhaps with the slight spiciness. I usually get a lot of earthiness from yeah, from them as well. Um, and so like it, that English profile is vital for pale ales, IPAs bitters um anytime you're doing an english style um so that includes things like uh kent golding uh first golden golding uh pilgrim challenger progress fuggle willamette uh bramling cross northern brewer falls in this category too uh which northern brewer i believe is a traditionally german hop isn't it yep as far as i know Yep. Uh, yeah. So that so this runs from like clean and classic, tangy and earthy, down to like woody and neutral. Um, and I think we've used a bunch of these during the uh, during the run of uh, the eighty style. I know we've used Kent Golding a ton. We've used Fuggle a shit ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've used Challenger. Uh, we've used Bramling Cross, Northern Brewer, Pilgrim, and then a couple that weren't on here. We also use Progress. All right, uh, and then we come to uh, Styriac. Uh, so Styria is an area in Sylvania where a form of Fuggles has been produced for more than a century uh, by the name Styrian Goldings. And we've all heard of that one. Uh, we've used it in different things. Um, pale ales and blondes mostly, I think. Uh, very popular in Belgian, Belgian, uh, Belgium, so like Belgian styles. So things in in this, uh, they go from clean and bright to earthy. And so you're looking at like Glacier, uh, Aurora, and those are the only two I've heard of on this list. So you have Opal, uh, Celia, uh, Green Bullet, and Bobek. And also Steering Goldings. (laughs) Which, Bobek. Yeah. Bobek. Sounds like a bounty hunter from Star Wars. Well, actually, that's Bosk. And Boba Fett, so it's me. It's a cross com- between. Yeah. It's the child that it's they made Bosk. together. <laughs> that is an ugly child. <laughs> yeah, but it hunts hunts Wookies real good. Yeah. All right, uh, then we get to the one that most of us are going to be familiar with, and that's the Cascadian hops. This is what, yeah, this is what's popular right now. These, uh, well, these, these have been popular for, for what the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um. This is your Cascades, your Centennials, your Falconer's Flight, Chinook, Columbus, uh, Amarillo, Mosaic, Simcoe. Like these are the the North American hops. Like there are claim to fame where we got you know the West Coast IPA and all that like big right. piney resiny. Yep, uh, old world hop breeds crossed with new world wild hops. Uh, they formed. Pungent, floral, piney, citrusy profiled yep. uh, hops. And then we get to the uh, the new kids on the block, uh, the Pacificals. This is your uh, your Nelson Savans, your Citra, your Galaxy, your Pacific Jade. 
these are the like the clean and lemony to the spicy and piney or like the big fruity flavors. Mm. These are the ones from the southern hemisphere. Yep. From New Zealand and Australia. Well, that's what I was gonna say is that uh earlier I couldn't remember the damn name, but Sriracha Ace is the um if you want to make an interesting smash beer, uh, Sriracha is great. Yeah, for that. what in the hell? It's it's uh, citrus, lemon, like lemon citrus, and then dill. You did. And you did. Uh, a, was it a smash at uh, American Sky? Uh, that was. Uh, God, what was that? Because there, there, it was. It was like it a was, big ass. It was like the flying ace or something. Saison like. or. Okay, it was a saison. That's it. Dogfight. Dogfight. Yeah, because it was a sriracha ace uh, beer. Single hop sriracha. Yeah, that and that was, was really good. Crazy good. Yeah. Sometimes you just hit it, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and like that. You know? Yeah, that and yeah, man, that beer was amazing. Yeah, pull that you would remember that beer this many years later means yeah it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been uh, it was probably four four years six ago. Years, <laughs> four yeah. years, something like that. Probably at least four years. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was a good beer. Um, and then you just have like some of these like bittering only hops that you don't really see anywhere except for bittering, and that's like your Magnums, your Millenniums, your Southern Cross. Like just they don't have Columbus on here because it's kind of a duel, yeah, in Cascadian. Duel. But um, Pride of Ringwood is actually one that I've fallen in love with. Interesting. That's an interesting hop. You get like a, almost like an iron character from it. Huh. Uh, we used it in our uh, Australian sparkling ale, and it was incredibly interesting. Uh, I I don't know what it was like because it it's an iron flavor but it's not like like that like that nickel or penny iron that right. you get like it's subtle and it just I don't know it's really it's really fun but again we used it for bittering and for we used it as a dual purpose right we at the brewery use Columbus exclusively um, I think because right off the bat when we were hunting around for hops to buy because I, I came from a background of using like magnum magnum or warrior or just pretty much just only magnum. magnum and when i was homebrewing it was magnum 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 it's, just it's, not, it's, it's so clean clean perfect yeah and um but if i if i look at uh, you can look at the lupulin exchange which is a free market for hops for breweries my size where you can buy 11 11, 11 to 44 pound boxes of hops uh, we were. I looked on the Lupulin Exchange, and I noticed that New Glarus had five boxes uh, for sale for a decent price. And I'm pretty damn sure that um, you know New Glarus is going to store the hops correctly. So I was like, let's ju- you know let's jump on that. And yeah. Uh, for those non-Wisconsin people, uh, New Glarus is one of the premier breweries in the state like they're a total anomaly they only sell beer in wisconsin and people all over the country like clamor for this beer called spotted cow i don't get it i don't either you but see it's you, one of those things where we get it all the time so it, maybe that's, that's it part of it yeah you see p- people roll into the liquor store and that you know and they're with the minnesota plates or other states that surround wisconsin and they're looking for a spotted cow yeah. i uh well i mean and i've made some pretty interesting trades with just spotted cow right <laughs> which i was like how much spotted cow do you want i mean i'll send you 12 cans i don't give a oh, shit like right. <laughs> we brought that down to lincoln nebraska and it was like we brought a bunch of different new glare stuff it was like currency they were like lining it up on the table and taking pictures and like they were just like oh hell yeah. well and the new glare's fruits do really well too yeah they, i mean all their beer it's, yeah 
you know, it's they just kind of it's kind of like fair state. They just don't really fucking make a bad beer. It's just like nice work, yeah. everyone. <laughs> oh, you made beer again. Uh, Good job. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think yeah. that pretty much. I think I think that, that cover, I, like is there any other thing you would want to throw in here? No, dude. There's so many on these lists that What's, you just don't ever find or and see. It's, it's, and it's so hard to classify a hop. And there's new hops coming out all the time. Yeah. And before they have fun names like, uh, you, you know, like Falconer's Flight or whatever, or Galaxy or Nelson Savan, they have really weird names like, this is C-132. Right. Or <laughs> Experimental hop, you know, whatever. XY-37 or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and you can you can actually find some of those on like some of the homebrewing sites. Yeah. If like if you dig around, you can sometimes find the experimental hops and grab those and have some fun with them. But yeah, no, they're, and they're fun to experiment with. All right, we should probably get out of here, huh? Because we oh, got yeah, another show uh, to do. We do. What are we doing next week? Ah, oh, shit! I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> what would you like to do next week? Oh man, what well, what, what hop did, thing should we cover? We're doing another hop thing. We can. We can switch it up. I mean, oh, I just didn't know if we were done. With the yeah, no. Uh, well, I feel like we haven't we haven't talked about like we we need to do an episode on biotransformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to do like I think everybody kind of knows when to put hops in the boil and what what kind of different things happen. Like, should we do biotransform and then kind of have that as our wrap up? Yeah, that and then I think we could probably maybe touch on. Um International bitterness units and how the oh, how we, like the Rhaegar or the or the Tinseth formula works. So should we should we do I should we do IBUs next week and then uh-huh. and then maybe we could then then finish with uh, bio transformation or other uh, like or other or if we come up with another slash topic. other weird yeah. techniques. Does that sound good, to everybody? I mean, yeah. <laughs> let us know. Yeah, like, let us know. <laughs> We're, we're kind of we're kind of flying but like we're, we just wanted to do kind of a deep dive and I'm sure like as we go along there's gonna be some deeper stuff oh yeah. before I forget I want to give a shout out to uh some uh, god damn it uh, uh, the Pico dudes give a shout out to the Pico dudes uh we are uh working on so I, I reached out to a bunch of different homebrew podcasts sure uh because I was like you know it'd be kind of fun. If we come up with some like collaboration recipes and brew them together, because collaboration has always been a weird thing to me, like recipe collaboration, brewery collaboration. How does it work? Oh, sure. I, I me as uh, for for me as a home brewer, I sit down, I write a recipe, I brew the recipe, I'm done. Like, what happens when you start working with another brewer? Like, right. is it just ideas going back and forth, or does one person? Like present a recipe and you're like, oh, that's good, but maybe change this one thing and then you're done. Or well, we've like what we've done in the past is called out the style and then said, you know, write your best recipe, compare them, and then sort of take the best elements from both. Right, sort of weave them together. Yeah, Uh, like we collabed with Lupulin on an imperial lager, which is super niche, Um, and they had written this recipe and then it well, didn't have the gravity we wanted and uh, you know we use a lot of honey at the blue, blueberry honey at the brewery and so I was like hey how about if you know we could jack it up a little bit jack up the alcohol and and give it another little neat little layer of flavor and yeah I don't know just kind of kick the ball back and forth yeah okay so uh at least for sure I know uh we in in 2019 
We will have a collaboration with the Pico Dudes and Homebrew Happy Hour was another one that uh, responded back to us. So, uh, and the other thing I kind of realized is there's not a whole lot of like cross pollination with these homebrew shows, which I thought was really weird. I was like, everyone's just kind of like their their own little silo. Sure. Yeah, that makes so sense. So if we can kind of build a, build up a community. So if you guys are listening and you have a homebrew podcast or a streaming channel or what have you that you really like, let us know and we'll reach out to them and see if we can do some sort of collaboration because I think that would be a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, and just kind of build up the community as a whole because, you know, like looking at the brewing industry, you know, rising tides and all that. Like, see, uh, so yeah, the tide. Tide raises many boats. Yeah. All right. So, other than that, I think I'm out of shit to talk about on this show. I believe so. All right. So, let's see if I can find this outro music, because it exists. <laughs> All right. Guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about... What, what are we talking about again? Some stuff. Rewind it. Oh, no, for real. Like, we're going to talk about <laughs> Casey was like, no, really say. No, really, please say. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about biotransformation. We're going to talk about IBUs and perceived bitterness, the Rhaegar formula, the Tin Seth formula, et cetera, and any other little weird technique-y things that we can think of. Yeah, so uh, next week is just kind of be like, uh, like a little hodgepodge stuff of stuff that we couldn't fit into a full episode. Sounds like a plan. All right. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios. Follow us on Twitch at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>